اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الذين امنوا وكانوا يتقون لهم البشرى في الحياه الدنيا وفي الاخره لا تبديل لكلمات الله ذلك هو الفوز العظيم chapter 10 verse 64 and 65 those who believe and kept to righteousness for them are glad tidings in the present life and also in the hereafter there is no changing the words of allah that indeed is a supreme triumph the world as we know it the society that we live in is fixated and obsessed with happiness and prosperity countless books seminars youtube videos and material upon material is available on how to achieve happiness in life so naturally one wonders how can i achieve happiness and prosperity to someone that is suffering from ill health happiness may mean recovery and living a healthy lifestyle or recover from that illness for someone that may be suffering from scarcity of food having a wholesome meal may mean happiness and for someone that is suffering uh, in poverty or may not uh, may be unemployed may think that prosperity or happiness will be when i have a good job or a business or wealth but the question is what is true happiness islam as we all believe is the perfect religion it answers that question of what prosperity is and what happiness is and how one can achieve it in the verse that i recited in the beginning the commentary of that verse in the five volume commentary it is stated that the verse gives a description of awliya allah the friends of god that are being referred to in the previous verse the verse that is before verse number 64 of surah yunus they are number 1 perfect in faith observe the highest standard of righteousness these are the two main categories of those who are the awliya allah the friends of allah again perfect in faith and number 2 observe the highest standard of righteousness the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has also given a description of the friends of god which may be taken as an explanation of this verse he is reported to have said that on the day of judgment the friends of god will be brought in the presence of god in three classes first of all a person from among the first group 
will be presented to God, who will say to him, O my servant, wherefore didst thou do good works? To this question he will reply, O my Lord, thou didst create heaven, its trees, its fruits, its flowing streams and beautiful maids, its manifold bounties and sundry other things. Thou hast prepared these for those who are obedient to thee. So in order to attain these blessings, O my Lord, I passed my nights praying and my days fasting. Upon this God will say to him, O my servant, thou didst good works in order to get heaven. So here it is, enter it and please thyself. It is an act of grace on my part that I have saved thee from the fire, and it is an act of grace on my part that I have granted thee heaven. So enter it, and those that are with thee. Then a person from among the second group will be presented before God, who will say to him, O my servant, wherefore didst thou do good works? To this he will reply, O my Lord, thou didst create hell and its burning fire, its hot winds and boiling water, and thou didst prepare many other dreadful things for those who are disobedient to thee. So out of the fear of these things I stood up praying at night and fasted during the day. Then God will say to him, O my servant, thou didst do good works fasting, did good works fearing hellfire, so I have liberated thee from it, and it is an act of grace on my part that I cause thee to enter heaven. So he and those with him will enter heaven. Then a person out of a third group will be presented before God who will say to him, O my servant, wherefore didst thou do good works? To this he will reply by saying, O my Lord, I did all I did solely out of love for thee and out of a yearning to meet thee. By thy glory I stood up praying at night and fasted during the day out of a yearning for thee. Then God will say to him, Thou didst good works out of love for me and out of a yearning for me. So have your reward. Then the Lord of glory and majesty will manifest himself to him and say, Here I am. Have a look at me, and will say as an act of grace, I liberate thee from, from the fire, and I grant thee paradise. I will send to thee my angels to visit thee, and will myself greet thee with a greeting of peace. Upon this he and his companions will enter paradise. So it is of course apparent that the person chosen from each group will be the best man in the group and will be presented to God as its representative. There are also other sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad bearing on the different grades of the friends of Allah. Awliya Allah. The following is, is quoted by Abu Dawud on the authority of Hazrat Abu Huraira O the servants of God, there are some whom even the prophets and the martyrs envy. On being asked by his companions, who were those lucky people 
the Holy Prophet Muhammad said, They are men who love one another only for God's sake. The goods of this world or the ties of kinship are not the incentives of their love. Their faces will shine with light and they will be seated on luminous pulpits. When others will be fearful, they will be free from fear. And when others will, be, will bewail their past misfortunes, they will enjoy peace of mind. Now this statement that even the prophets will envy such persons does not mean that they somehow will be better than or superior to prophets because prophets are themselves the best of the friends of Allah. It simply means that the prophets are particularly pleased with the conditions condition of these persons and desire that such friends of Allah should be found in large numbers among their own followers. So the next verse, verse number 65, which states, For them are glad tidings in the present life and also in the hereafter. There is no changing the words of Allah. That indeed is a supreme triumph. In reply to a question as to what was meant by the expression glad tidings in the present life, the Holy Prophet Muhammad is reported to have said that it means a true dream or a vision that a believer sees with regard to himself or what others see with regard to him. Mubashirat or Bushra, this term glad tidings is, however, of general application and may be used with regard to revelations and visions of the prophets as well as those of saints and other believers. And the verse under comment refers to, those, to both these kinds of visions and revelations. So, seeing from the commentary of these, at least just these two verses, and there are countless others, we see that it is not acquiring or acquisition of wealth that grants a person true prosperity or happiness. It is not achieving of one's goal that can get us happiness. It is not this unquenchable thirst of being constantly entertained that plagues our society. It is undoubtedly the experience of spiritual progress which far excels any and all worldly satisfactions. And this is something that is much better, much fuller, more transcendent form of happiness. It is this kind of prosperity which one should seek to attain, not having recognized our true purpose of life, one's creator or the following of commandments of Allah creates a vacuum in one's heart. And then once that vacuum is created, that yearning is always there. But when that yearning of achieving or attaining the nearness of Allah, then that vacuum uh, one attempts to fill with entertainment, with 
worldly satisfactions, but it is all a futile effort. These materialistic desires and their fulfillment will never fill that void. It is related by Hazrat Sahal anhu, that a man came to the Holy Prophet Muhammad and said, O Prophet of Allah, please let me know what to do that Allah may love me and people also like me. The Holy Prophet Muhammad responded and states, Forsake and abandon the world and Allah will love you. Don't desire for the things people have and people will also love you. And in this regard, Hazrat Masihi Ma'ud the Imam of our time, the reformer of the age, and a mirror reflection of the Holy Prophet Muhammad while speaking on the attribute of Rahimiyat of Allah the Almighty, first states that this means that Rahimiyat is certainly bestowed upon those who deserve it. And there is no one who seeks him and does not find him. So the acquisition of worldly desires, entertainment, material uh, gains is something that never fills the heart. The Holy Prophet Muhammad states that if man was to acquire a mountain of gold, he would desire another one. So the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, in Ibrahim Ahmadiyya speaks of four kinds of grace. And he says the most grand type of grace is Rahimiyat. He states to become the beneficiary of that complete, perfect, lasting and superior grace. It is necessary that the person concerned should be transported to another world from this defective, opaque, narrow, confined, mortal and doubtful world because this grace is an experience of grand manifestations in which the beauty of the true benefactor should be clearly seen and should be experienced as a certainty so that no stage of manifestation and certainty should be left out and no veil of material, of material means should obstruct it. Every detail of complete understanding should come into operation in full force. The manifestations should be so clear and definite that God himself should convey that they are free from, the, from every test and trial. This manifestation should carry with it high and perfect delights, possessing so completely one's heart and soul and every spiritual and physical faculty to such a degree as could not possibly be exceeded. This world, which is defective in its essence, clouded in its appearance, mortal in its being, doubtful in its conditions, and narrow in its extent, cannot bear these grand manifestations. Pure lights and eternal bounties and those perfect rays which are everlasting can, cannot be contained in it. For this manifestation, another world is needed, 
which should be wholly free from the darkness of material means and should be the perfect and pure manifestation of the power of the one supreme being. This most special grace is to some degree enjoyed in this very life by those perfect personalities who tread completely along the path of truth and discard their selfish designs and desires lean wholly towards God. They die before their death and though they appear to be in this world they in truth dwell in the other world inasmuch as they withdraw their hearts altogether from the material means of this world breaking away from the habits of humanness and turning away altogether from that which is beside Allah adopt the way which is above the ordinary God Almighty treats them in the same way and in an extraordinary manner manifests those lights for them which in, in the case of the others are only manifested after death. They experience to some degree this most special grace in this life. This is a very special grace and is the ultimate end of all graces. He who achieves it arrives at the greatest good fortune and enjoys eternal prosperity which is the fountainhead of all joys. He who is deprived of this grace is condemned forever to hell. By virtue of this grace, God Almighty has named himself Maliki Yomiddin in the Holy Quran, Master of the Day of Judgment. The recompense referred to in this juxtaposition is a perfect recompense, the details of which are set out in the Holy Quran. The perfect recompense cannot be manifested without the manifestation of complete mastership. This is referred to in another place where it is stated, Limanil mulkul yawm, lillahi wahidil kahar. This means that on that day, God's rububiyat will manifest itself without the intervention of material means and it will be observed and felt that everything besides the great power and might of Allah is non-existent. Then, then all comfort and joy and all reward and punishment will appear clearly as coming from God. There will be no veil in between and there will be no room left for any doubt. At that time, those who had cut themselves asunder from everything for, for his sake, meaning God's sake, will find themselves in a state of perfect bliss, which will envelop their bodies and souls, their outside and inside, and no part of their beings will be deprived of this great good fortune. Maliki Yomiddin also indicates that on that day, comfort or suffering and pleasure or pain Whatever is experienced by man will proceed directly from God Almighty and he will be the master of all conditions. In other words, meeting with him or being cut off from him will be the cause of eternal good fortune and eternal misfortune. Those who had believed in him adhere to unity and had dyed their hearts in his pure love will experience the lights of his mercy clearly 
and openly, and those who had not achieved faith and love of God will be deprived of His light and comfort and will be involved in painful torment. Brahini Ahmadiyya Rohani Khazain, Volume 1, page 444 and onwards, in footnote. So, Holy Quran, the Hadith of the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and the sayings of the Promised Messiah and his writings, it is clearly evident that true happiness can be achieved in this world. It is within our reach and that yearning that is created in the heart of man or mankind is there for the search of God. And when one treads that path of trying to achieve that nearness to Allah and progresses in that path and comes to a form of certainty, his being no longer exists in this world, though physically he is, but spiritually speaking, he becomes as I stated in the verse in the beginning, Oliya Allah, a true friend of Allah. So my dear brothers, this is how we achieve true happiness, when we become Oliya Allah, a true friend of Allah. And everything we do is in accordance with the will of Allah and following every commandment of His that is described in the Holy Quran. That is how we achieve true and lasting happiness and prosperity. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad wa barik wa sallim innaka hamidun majid.